Welcome to Core Voices, the space where every voice has a choice. We are here to share your stories, to celebrate with you, to heal with you, to weep with you and to smile with you. This is a space that we want to be safe for each of you, non-judgmental, welcoming and educational. There are many things around us that we need to address, that we need to talk about and we can only do that when we gather as community. Each of you show up every week to build this community of core voices and I'm deeply grateful for all of your love, all of your support. If you haven't already visited our website, go and check out corevoices.org. If you haven't been over to our Instagram page, go over there, hit that follow button. On Facebook, the same. Please support us so we can be here to continue to serve you and support you. We've raised many, many valid topics over the past few months, sharing interaction and conversation with you. We want to keep doing that. Core Voices is a space that is very special to me. And today's show is a little extra special because you will all get to meet the fantastic people who selflessly, voluntarily support and hold this space behind the scenes. It is my absolute pleasure and delight to invite the core team of Core Voices to our talk show today. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. This is awesome. (laughs) I I think Preet's going to do all the speaking for us today. (laughs) Core Voices. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Metab, Gurjanan, Brambin, Breetender. We don't have her job here right now, but he is also a key part of our team as well. Today, we get to share with everybody in the community, in our Core Voices community, what brought us to serve in this space. Why was it needed? Why was it created? Because we haven't yet shared that. We've been doing talk shows, we've been talking about topics, addressing issues, but today I think it's really important that we meet our family and our our beautiful community get to meet each of you. So it would be wonderful if if we could each just speak a little about what this space means to you, what does core voices mean to you, and then we'll go into the what's and the how's and the why's afterwards. Breathe, would you like to start? Sure, I'll start because I'm not on mute. Uh, thank you again for having me on the show. This is this is cool to see everyone. Um, so my name is Breathe Inder Singh. Um, I, the reason um, Core Voices really spoke to me uh, is because this is this is a topic like the things that we cover is very important. You know the 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 things that we're working towards. Um, which we'll kind of get into later on, but for me specifically, is this giving voice to those that really need it? Because I feel in our community right now, everything's so suppressed. Uh, people's voices, not only uh, the women, but also the men's voice within our community. Um, and is this the, how the structure is at the moment? And I really feel that we can create a change and we need that change because right now, um, how our society is, uh, it's it's really led by old school thoughts. And I think we need to reconfigure our community and our kind of thought process behind how things are run. And to do that first, we need to enable 
people's voices. We need to give uh, those in the community a, the strength to to have a voice. And um, I think our platform is is there for that reason. So it's been it's been awesome working with the team, and I'm really excited to see what we can do down the road. Thank you, Breed. It's it's fabulous to have you in this space. You have so much wisdom and knowledge and wealth to share with us. And yes, wonderful conversation to share today again. It's lovely to have you back. Brambind. Um, yeah, my name is Brambind. Um, just to echo what Breed said, I agree with Breed 100%. I think uh, the spaces we occupy, I think are very, 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 very heavily, um, oh, I'm losing the word here, but they're occupied in a way where the loudest get the word and they, their leadership is what leads the way forward. But um, a lot of us don't get a space to voice our opinions, especially when it comes to trauma and abuse. And I think Core Voices is that space to allow everyone to have that voice and find their own space to speak out and speak their truth. So I think that's the main reasons I'm involved. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. You guys can leave your mics unmuted. It's fine. Metal. Hi, everyone. I'm really glad to be here tonight. Um, Gore Voices is a definitely a special place um, for me to be a part of. Um, and I'm very excited to be a part of this wonderful team. Um, and, you know, we're serving the community in our own unique ways, but now we're coming together and serving um, you know, marginalized groups that don't get often enough care and attention. Um, and I think for me, I will bring uh, more of the holistic approaches into this team on how to work with people. And I'm I'm so happy to do it. Um, and I'm just so glad to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Metal. Mm -hmm. Good job. <laughs> Hi, good to get today. Hello, everybody. Uh, well, most of you have seen me on the first episode. I'm Guru Chanan for, and uh, I am really, really also happy and honored to be part of this team. Um, I'm doing mostly marketing and social media consulting um, just to get the word out of what we do, what are we planning to do in the future. And uh, for me, Core Voices uh, started as a um, I have a feeling of supporting my sisters, mostly. I started as a space where I feel we can all um, express ourselves in whatever is happening. And uh, I just wanted to be part of that and I want to be helpful for them too. That's why I decided to jump into this journey of four voices with these wonderful people right here. Thank you. Thank you, good gentlemen. Each of you are key to the work that we do. And it's, you know, it, it always takes a tribe. We can't do these things independently. We have to come together. It was how our ancestors and our gurus modeled it for us, that when we come together as community, we can actually make sustainable change. And that is the whole intention here, that when we come together here as this tribe and the extended tribe of everyone who's tuning in and listening, it gives us hope. It, it allows us to feel what Charbikala is when our spirit is rising and we feel full that, yes, this is worth fighting for and together we can win this battle. And that's what I feel in this space with each of you. 
when we're in our meetings and doing our work, but also in the space where we're addressing the community. Um, it'd be great for everybody to know what Core Voices is, because I think that some people may have some assumptions that it's only for gods, it's not for things, um, or about the work that we do. Um, so I'd like us all to share and interact freely um, without formal structure today. <laughs> so be yeah, before we get into that, I wanted to hear your, um, why, what's Core Voices 2, right? And why, because you, you were the, the, the brains behind this. Um, and it was something that you wanted to do. So what, why, 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 why Core Voices? Before we get to us, I want to hear I like, you. I like the turn of events here. Yes. <laughs> this is a good I'll way to get through the show. <laughs> well, I'll have the turntables. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. Oh, what is Core Voices to me? That's a very good question. Um, to me, it's that thing that I would have hoped for and dreamt of as a child. I wish that there was more adequate support when I was younger. I wish that there were outlets where I could have spoken and sought help, um, where I wasn't um, silenced in shame where I didn't feel like my future was at jeopardy or my parents' is it an honor was going to be destroyed because of me speaking of an experience. It's what I would have really dreamt of existing when I was a young child. And that was, that was where the thought came from, that the experiences and encounters that we've all endured in different ways through life, through our trials and tribulations, how can we learn from them? If we're on this path of Sikhi, it's about spreading goodness and sowing seeds of positivity and joy through all of the yuckiness. And my accountability to myself was, what can I do? How can I make a small difference to create something better in this world now that I didn't have or a younger version of myself would have wished for? That's beautiful. I think that's amazing. Um, and that's why I, I wanted to help you support support this project because, or this, you know, um, this organization because it's it's so needed. It's so needed. Um, so some, something I'm curious about because you, you talked about that earlier where, because me being a man and I think, you know, Brumbin as well, I mean, you are a man. But, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like the clarification. <laughs> um, so th that was one thing like you know if i was like you're talking about you know you being young and you having to like you, you wish there was this this type of organization then how how does core voices relate to boys or guys um you know how can we feel like this is like you know core voice it sounds very from our perspective it's meant for women right um so what was your thought process behind the name it wasn't mine. It wasn't my thought process. Okay. It was about understanding. And um, I researched into what the word Gaur means. And when we look at Gurbani, mm. nothing is written for a specific gender. It's written for the soul. It's written for the Atma. And how we 
navigate through this world using those teachings of Gurbani to improve who we are. Masculine and feminine exist in every human. We all have estrogen and testosterone, if you want to look at it scientifically. Okay. They cater to those particular characteristics. You have men who are called camp. You have women who are called tomboys, right? The, the energies exist within every individual body. Whichever one you allow to dominate is the one that will be seen. Mm. Now, if we refuse one of those energies within us, we are not fully showing up for who we are. We all have the spirit of fire and rage and strength that we would associate with the male body. We all have grace, gentleness and love. And that nurturing spirit, it exists within both bodies, right? Which we usually associate with women. When we look at the human body from the perspective of Gurbani, we realize that God and Singh don't identify our gender. They are names to help empower us. Singh exists within the female body as well as the male. God exists within the female body as well as the male. So it was about unlearning that these names, they're not names, these are titles. These are titles that we aspire to, that allow us to channel our greatness that Guru saw within every human and said, reach your, your fullest capacity. Know what this means to you. It is a sign of royalty. God was given as a title within royal households. Now it's just a name that we use culturally and it doesn't have that same weight. This is not a space which is only for females. This is a space for all people. God was used because we wanted the spirit of nurturing to come to the forefront. We've got many spaces where rage and anger and even hatred dominate the narrative. And this was a time for something different. If we wanna work with the topics that we've been talking about, these sensitive, hard hitting issues, there has to be love, there has to be daya, there has to be the capacity to listen. So we have to have nourishment at the front of it. How do we show up to care and also use that energy of divine rage at the same time? Wow. Gore Voices was a spin-off of the English word core because essentially that's what we're tapping into, our core voices that are locked away, trapped away, silenced within us. How can we release them? How can we make the core of us our way to heal and it just so happens that's how most people use the word god they say core so core voices is our god voices which are in all bodies that's like masterfully explained that's beautiful <laughs> yeah. now your turn <laughs> no i agree with you i i, I mean I, I just wanted to see your thought process behind it because um you know it's important for the for the listeners or viewers right now to to kind of see that perspective because you know the way you explain it it's 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 amazing because we we don't see it that way we see it as a separation we see it as you know well these are this is your voice this is not mine um you know we have our own issues but it's not really it's 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 a it's a community issue um and then we both men and women go through the same types of abuse uh, it, it has nothing to do with gender. It just, it's the victim and it's the person who did it. So, um, 
I think it it was important. I, I felt like we we want we should have discussed. We you know this is why I want to discuss it because people should know that it's not specifically for women. Thank you, but I, I know that you already know this because we had these conversations way back when. But um, is that how you connect to this space? Um, yes and no. So I mean, to kind of, I guess you know, I'll, I'll talk about why. Uh, I, I am here and the why I feel core voices is so important. Um, I don't connect personally in the sense that I, I mean, I'm grateful enough or lucky enough. I don't know the, the correct term, but I didn't have to experience, you know, any, I didn't experience abuse growing up, you know, in any form. So I, I, I mean, I'm grateful for that, but seeing, you know, people that I love, you know, my sisters and my brothers, and hearing their stories and, and seeing that they weren't given that same safe space, you know, where spaces are supposed to be safe, they weren't given that space. And and then they had to subdue it and they had to kind of burn within themselves and make themselves feel horrible that they were the they were the issue, like you know, um, that they were the problem. And and seeing how their mental state like it's just it's complete like it just ruins their life in a way right especially when they don't have that space to speak and the person who's done it gets to live and do everything in that space and continue to take advantage of so many other people god knows who many how many people and i felt that that was wrong and that that we shouldn't have that type of space for people like that and so for me i couldn't stand to see my brothers and sisters um having to go through these situations it's not fair and it should never be allowed never um especially in a gurdwari you know in our homes it's 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 so sad to to know that um as we all know now that you know like i'm from i'm from maryland virginia area method is too and we we have we've been to ggsf like you know everyone knows what ggsf is now and this um and that whole case on gurdashan singh right i've interfaced with them many times and Methab used to learn from him too. Back in the day, she has connections. Um, but you know, it's it's so irresponsible as as an organization and and allowing someone who's who's done something of that sort to continue to be in spaces where kids are allowed to be there and in those intimate locations. So I felt like you know it's important. It was it, I had to step up and support this cause because we need we need to we need to give those victims the voice we also need to give the voice to people to prepare so that they know and they don't become victims and they can they can suss it out beforehand um and also to to kind of take the voice out of the of the perpetrators down the road because all we're we're giving people voices but we're also trying to take away the voice and the strength of those that are causing the pain mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Mitha, would you like yeah. to add anything to that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to add to that. Um, you know, 100% agree with what Breet is saying. I think part of the reason why I was drawn to this organization is, is because I would like to bring a different approach to healing. Um, you know, more on the mental health side and how can we meet people where they're at? Like what kind of skills can we as a team, as an organization 
bring to meet with the not only the victims but also have remediation programs for the offenders because that doesn't exist in our community like you said breathe like they walk freely you know and how can we hold them accountable how can we bring in these values of sikhi into you know this this dialogue within these gurdware that we're holding people accountable you know how can we pull from not only that but also you know destigmatizing a lot of the the issues that come up with this as well um and as somebody who has experience working with offenders i truly believe that people have the ability to change once they are held accountable and i believe that people will act and reflect on their actions once they have jumped through enough hoops of fire and i i hope that makes sense when i say that I understand the rage that's associated with, you know, facing your perpetrator. So I completely understand that as well. And I understand what the victim is also going through on the other hand. But I think my role here is to kind of facilitate help, you know, facilitate that dialogue in the best way that I possibly can, not only pulling, you know, from mental health um skills, but also pulling from from Sikhi itself. How can we be more compassionate towards individuals in our community and how can we help them rehabilitate on a mental and emotional level you know um and then not just we're not we're not trying to pinpoint certain people and degrading them because society has already done that you know so the goal here is and i believe that i i will I'll bring some of these values to this organization and to be able to help facilitate that dialogue just a little bit better um but it is it is challenging to grow up in a community you know where you are surrounded by people that are that have done wrong to others and and information is hid from you and you don't know what the truth is and when you grow up and you realize that i wish i had a an outlet to go and talk to somebody about this hmm. but growing up in in this this particular area mental health in the, in the gurdwara did not exist you know um and, and i think breathe you can speak on this as well so it's been challenging to kind of wrap your head around what's been going on in recent yeah. events no, i agree with you. I, i think um one one thing you pointed out i think it was when when you said that if you know he was held accountable like just talking about the ggsf gurdarshan same thing mm -hmm. if if the purpose person is held accountable right away you know reform can come much faster and things Absolutely. can change Mm -hmm. but because that that space wasn't given and because it was trying to it was hidden um and the voice wasn't given it just continued to uh fester right absolutely who knows who knows how many other people were affected right absolutely and 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 i mean i i know you all all you can agree that this is not a isolated issue this is an issue that's like rampant within our mm -hmm. community i mean within the world itself but um you know speaking to our community gurdwaras our homes um places where we we should be safe places where we should have that opportunity to to just you know call home and have a safe haven but those are the places that these predators are preying on mm -hmm. right uh and um i think that's very unfair and i think it's, it's also mm -hmm. sorry Yeah, um I think it's also a lot to do with the hush hush culture we have within the Punjabi community. I think um we talk about accountability and uh, like superseding the structures in place like our legal system needs to be uh, adjusted for sexual 
uh, assault survivors and mm -hmm. victims of sexual assault and sexual violence, of course, there's tons of debate about that within the legal community. Um, right. And having a background in that, knowing that um, I can constantly talk about it, but I think it's also like a lot of cultural things within sub uh, subcultures, right? So uh, I can speak for the Punjabi community, being in Canada, being in one of like the biggest Punjabi communities, Canada and Brampton, we have such a hush hush culture, right? Um, what we project outwards as Punjabis is everything's fine, everything's great, right? Uh, but on the inside, we like, I think the Punjabi sings, right? So we, we basically uh, have, oh, whatever why happens internally in our, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah uh jokes aside but like uh what we have that's wrong in our families and whatnot uh we close it up and we close all doors to it we don't talk about it not within our family or outside our doors of the family so there is no opportunity for uh healing there is no uh, opportunity of discussing your trauma with someone else um and that's why abusers uh, get put into positions where they feel like there is no consequences against them. And we talk about G GGSF, right? Um, I was under a rock for a little bit, but um, just reading up on it in the last couple of weeks, um, he was in a position of power, right? He utilized his power. There's um, a district, uh, I think it's a second district case that he was being deported and he got out of it because the Gurdwara supported him through the, his whole legal challenges for uh, with, GGSF, I think that was like an early 2000s that happened. So um, there's multiple things, right? We, we have this hush-hush culture in our community that we also need to address because it's like we as a community, we're so tightly knit and we're tightly wound. But when it comes to stuff like this, nobody wants to talk about it. Everyone runs away from the topic. But why do you think that is? I mean, why? why? It's the culture of shame, right? I think is I think we think more about Oh, our family reputation, or more about uh, what our others want to say about us. It's not about there's this perpetrator out there who abused my daughter, my son, whoever it is, put them in a vulnerable position, took advantage of them. Instead of teaching uh, my son or daughter, like, this is not right, you need to speak up, and this person needs to be held liable, we hush them up in, the, in order to, what is the community going to think? Well, what's going to happen to us? What are they going to think about our family? It's all about that. In in my head, that should be a non-existent factor, but it's such a prevalent thing in the Punjabi community. Mm. It really is, yeah. Yeah, Gurchanan, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Mm, well, I cannot speak from the Punjabi community, um, although I have been sharing a lot with the Punjabi community um, for the past years. Um, for the ones you don't know, I am married into a Punjabi family. Um, so yeah, there are like cultural nuances that I'm still learning. What I have noticed as what Brandon said is that um, there is a hush-hush culture. There is a, uh, yeah, there is this tendency of not talking about things, either emotionally, either if something happened to you, or even asking questions or questioning something. It's, not very um, encouraged you. So kind of very different from where I come from, at least, or at least from my family bringing. So um, one of the things that shocked me about this case, and specifically when I read about it, um, and yes, as Pritin Pri Pri Devi mentioned, like it's not something that happened just there. It has been happening 
in a long, for a long time yeah. in other, other in any other places and we just don't have information or knowledge about it. So what shocked me about this one is that not only this person was committing abuse, is that he was back. Uh, how can I say? Um, he was uh, supported <laughs> by the committee, and you're like the, the committee knew that he had not only like charged that he was convicted to it. The, I don't know. Maybe what if they knew they, they knew everything was going on and still they move forward and like you know. So I think the problem is systematic. You know, we are not held accountable, nor the people who are committing the, the crime, nor the people who are allowing those things to happen. Right. So I I believe um, I believe that our generation and the generations coming behind us are changing those things we are speaking of this is a, a testimony of our change and um, and i believe that's why core voices is important and i believe i believe if you find something that is not correct and what people teach us then you stand up and do the thing you don't wait for somebody else to tell you the thing you don't wait for somebody else to rescue you get up you have the resources, find your people, and do your deed. So um, that's uh, I believe that's why um, this is very important for our community and even for people who are not in Javi too, because we also want to feel safe in the Gurdwara, because that's what Guruji has teaching. Gurdwara is a safe of refuge to find shelter, and that's not the case nowadays. Why? What changed, and when, and why are we not speaking about it? That's so valid. And um, I I think that um, I, I hear everything that you guys are saying, Brumpy, and everything that you talked about. Um, and although I feel the same way, what I've learned to understand um, is that the generation before us um, didn't deliberately set us up to fail. That wasn't their intention. They did the best they could with the tools they had. They never had this luxury of being able to talk about their problems. They were told to zip it and get on with it. And um, when you're taught to have thick skin, you think that that's the only way to be and to live. And um, that culture of shame has been perpetuated over the, the years in a way that it has destroyed families. It has taken lives. It has done so many atrocious things. And we now are in a generation of more privilege and luxury where we can actually use our voices and talk about it. 20 years ago, forget it, even like five years ago, as women, if we were sitting in this space on a public platform talking about things like this, our own community would hate on us. Our own community would be the ones to try to take us down and say, no, she is the devil and, you know, don't speak to her. And, you know, she's a bad person. You, you don't talk about things like sex or abuse or domestic violence or alcoholism. We'd rather pretend it doesn't exist. Um, because they didn't know how to talk about it. They didn't know how to deal with it. They just knew it existed, right? I say that looking at my own family. You know, I, I come from a childhood of domestic violence and alcoholism. People around me, most of them were oblivious to my home circumstances. Now, in these recent years of sharing these stories of my childhood with the public, people are reaching out to me saying, oh my God, that's terrible. I had no idea that was going on. Mm 
Um, yet most Punjabi households have some sort of an encounter with domestic abuse or with alcoholism. So it is common, it is normal. And it's a negative normal that we can now change and transform. Just as we know those things exist, sexual violence is something that we all know exists. Whether we choose to ignore it, whether we choose to protect it, or whether we choose to stand against it, that depends on us as individuals. And this case, the Gurdarshan, I can't call him Singh. I'm sorry, I just, I can't bring the word to my mouth. Um, it's, it's volatile. It makes me want to, to yell profanities, but I shall not in this space. But um, the fact that it happened, that it was allowed to happen, that he was protected, and not protected by people, but protected by a Gurudwara, right? A place that's supposed to be safe and welcoming of all people. And this is not an isolated incident, as you so rightly pointed out, Breathe. This exists everywhere. Um, just what, a few weeks ago, I had my sister Gurpreet Kaur from the core movement. Now that page amplifies it, the voice of victims. They are not yet survivors because our community hasn't showed up for them to allow them to heal. Most of them are still, you know, questioned by our community. How can there be so many cases? Oh, they're just looking for attention. This can't be true. There can't be this much of it. Oh, she just wants attention. Oh, she must have been asking for it. And when are we going to come out of that? When is that going to change? You're right. And it's become normalized, right? And it's become hidden. And I mean, even everyone here right now, we we all have some sort of connection with, um, you know, some sort of abuse, either in the family or in the Gurdwara, someone we know. It's so rampant that it just gets overlooked. It gets like shoved under the under the, under the rug. Um, and it's it's so important to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to add that because. Um, uh, when I started uh, in Siki and uh, going to different spaces, I remember one of the first or second times I went to Dixie Gurdwara in Toronto, oh, well, Brampton. <laughs> um, one of uh, I met one beautiful Benji, or and she like older Benji than me, and I, I remember her words like she welcomed me and she was very nice with me and everything. So the one thing she told me is like, be careful with the old man. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm so new. I don't even know what, what's nothing. And uh, of course I come trained from my country. You know, you have like that training that you need to be careful all the time. But um, I wouldn't expect someone to tell me that in a Gurdwara, right? And um, because for me, at that time, it's, you know, like church, like you go and you're fine, you cool, everybody's nice. But, um, uh, she told me that, like, oh, there are some people who are, you know, you need to be careful of, with them. So, you know, that that had an impact in my in my uh, in my view of like then when I, when I'm okay. With that. It was not saying that all gurdwaras are like that. It's not saying that I don't think that gurdwara, but the fact that she told me that says something, right? And um, and. Yeah. and 
as I mentioned before, like I had like two encounters, like bad encounters with men in Gurdwara in my life as six, for six years. So oh. it hasn't been uh, a lot, but still they have been weird encounters. So or when I don't feel safe or I have the need to tell someone like, hey, that person is behaving weird with me, but like, can you do something about it? Like I have to say it. Otherwise, like, who knows? Or feeling not safe in the same space with that particular person. Like I have to leave the Gurugar or I have to leave the Langar hall because I don't want it to be in the same space. So mm. that, that, should, that should not happen, right? In a Gurdwara, so yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate that you had to experience those things. Honestly, I think not only do we are we allowing this abuse to continue, I think one of the other issues is that our community doesn't even understand that it is committing these abuses. Yeah. And like, I think Matt Dobb can cover this further. Like, there, there's different types of abuse, right? And I think that because we we we've suppressed this for so long, um, you know, the pe even the perpetrators, they 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 themselves sometimes, you know, to a certain extent, aren't realizing the the that they're causing abuse, that they're that they're hurting someone else, that they're um, you know, um, doing something wrong. Uh, because it gets so clouded and because the community has just shaped their thought process that way. Um, and so not only do we need to stop this, I think we also need to have education within our community because we need to know how to behave, what's right, what's wrong, um, you know, how to conduct ourselves, how not to conduct ourselves, um, but also what to look for, right? Because unfortunately, and, like, and it's, it's so sad because, um, you know, that like that, uh, the older Benji that told you beware the old man or whatever she said. Um, we shouldn't be in positions like that. We shouldn't have to have those type of conversations and those type of warnings um, in safe spaces like that. That's unfortunate. It should be the. It should be dealt with. It should. It should. You know, our community should be educated enough to know that and and have actual safe like this. Gurdwara should be safe, and it should always yeah. remain safe. So we yeah. we as community need to change the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the, the thought when you talk about like educating people on what actually like good behavior or bad behavior, appropriate behavior or inappropriate behavior it is, like it's so important because sometimes maybe of because of upbringing, because of normalizing things, people don't realize that they are committing something that is not appropriate, right? right. Um, so, for example, in, in one of my cases was um, that a person way older than it can be my grandpa okay um was uh kind of like asking if i was single and if i was available and stuff like that and it was one of my brother who told me i was like what the freak like i don't even want to be like wow. alone with this person or anything and i even told um i even told um the person in charge there and he said like okay that's that's creepy like no it's okay like we're gonna talk about it but like Still, I have seen him in this place, right? Like again and again. I'm like, okay, I think nothing has been done, or hmm. no. But you know, it was not again. It was not like a, the most horrible thing, but it was just uncomfortable. And why? And that's not what you go to the Gurdwara for. And like, I don't, I don't know. It was just weird. But yeah, I believe like the concept of like asking those things for this person in his head. He didn't think it was inappropriate, but it was very inappropriate. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and that's the thing, like the, the perpetrator, you know, the person who who made you feel that way, I'm pretty sure that he himself was so unaware of his creepiness. And <laughs> yeah. he, he probably, pro probably in his head, he justified that 
you know, that he will be able to convince you or whatever, like that he's, he's fantasized something that it will work out <laughs> and it's a mental health issue. And yeah. I, I, and I, I have no, you know, um, I don't know if Benji wants to share the story or like discuss her, her connect, like she's had to deal with situations like this, you know, when she shared with me, um, and you know, Matab's had issues too. She's, she's, you know, she's a photographer and she can speak for yourself too, but like, you know, she, when she's out shooting weddings and stuff, you know, people think it's okay to just touch you and rub up against you. And, um, and these are men, right. Um, because they think it's okay or they're drunk or whatever, but you know, these, these, these things are kind of conditioned over time and it needs to be brought forward. Hmm. I don't know if you guys want to share it or not. Metab, would you like Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just, I'll share an incident real quick that happened with me a couple months ago, you know, as a wedding photographer, um, especially in the brown community, people don't see female photographers as often. And when I'm, for this particular incident, um, this gentleman was, you know, under the influence of alcohol, had no idea what he was doing, and comes and thinks it's okay to touch me on my shoulder, and just so he can get a picture taken. And you know, he's out of his mind, drunk, and doesn't have a clue of where he is. People are trying to actually hold him up, and he follows me around the dance floor. And you know, he's like, I was shooting a, a party, and he comes around again, and he tries to touch me again, and at that point you know, it's somebody's wedding. Even for me, I'm thinking about if I make a scene, what kind of, you know, shame am I going to bring to their family? But at that point I was looking out for my safety, but that thought still came in my mind because we're so conditioned to thinking that like, look, you know, like what are people going to say? And, and that part is where I think I learned my lesson is that don't hesitate to get some, you know, uh, law enforcement involved because there are consequences for people who harass you. There are consequences, natural consequences that people have to face for their actions no matter what. And, and that was a learning lesson for me. And that didn't just happen one time. It has happened multiple times, you know, and I'm in a very, and weddings don't happen like that in that nature anymore because of COVID. So things are really different, but it's become a lot more quiet and things are a little bit more subtle. You know, I still shoot weddings during COVID and people will still have the tendency to come and tap me on my shoulder. And that at that point, I'm stopping them, correcting them. This is my name. You can call me by my name. If you need my attention, call me by my name because there's no reason to touch me. And, and another thing as we're talking about this is boundaries. There are no mm -hmm. such thing as boundaries mm -hmm. in Punjabi culture at all. It's completely toxic. There's no... There's different types of boundaries. Like we're talking about different types of abuse. You know, there's intellectual boundaries. There's boundaries for physical boundaries and mental boundaries. Like what are you okay with and what are you not okay with? And putting that out there so that nobody tries to cross that boundary. And some people might not even be aware that they're crossing a boundary because that's their coping strategy to deal with their own stuff. You know, if that makes sense. So it's, it's such a loaded topic where you can go in so many different directions. But I think the number one thing that's sticking out to me as we talk about this is boundaries. You know, as we grow up, we continue to grow up. And, you know, in the future, if we are having children, are we going to teach them about this kind of stuff? Are we going to teach them what healthy boundaries look like? Are you going to leave your child alone to learn Keithan for an hour of once a week or no? That's a, that's a boundary violation. If you, if you do that and somebody comes in, you know, that's where you need to be responsible. And obviously I'm not saying that the victim needs to be responsible. And the victim can do all the inner work 
possible. They can do all of that. But it's us bringing this forward to a platform such as a, a safe space as a Gurdwara or whether it's a church, what have you, and and talking about what is not okay in the Gurdwara. Mm. You know? And I, I just went in like 20 different directions and went in like a span of two minutes. But I think it's really important that like there there's no boundary by there's no such thing as boundaries in Gurdwara. Women, other elder women will come up to me and say things like, oh, when are you getting married? Or, you know, when are you doing this or this and this in your life? That's a boundary violation. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, I will choose to respond just like that. That that's none of your business. You're mm-hmm. crossing a boundary here. You know, it's it's little it's little things like that, and the moment we don't stand up to that, it is us enabling that. We're perpetuating that cycle. It's it's what you said. You know? It's very toxic because um, yeah. if we don't respond, then we are rude, and we're trained. We are trained culturally to be people pleasers, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know who these people are or why they're so important that we need to be constantly sacrificing our own wellness. To please them, um, but it's you see the pattern. Um, our parents grew up in extended households where it was about lots of compromise and trying to make it work. Um, and yeah. the generation, like well, you know, more so with our grandparents, and then some of our parents chose to live separately from their parents, like from the grandparents, right? And that was very controversial, right? A lot of things have evolved in our community from, like, um, you know interracial marriages as well some that wouldn't have been accepted x amount of years ago in the way that it is now so i see that there's an evolution i see that we're becoming more open i wish that we could have boundaries i really wish that we could because those questions like you know i i completely resonate the amount of inappropriateness that we spew out without thinking about it is really really terrible um Sometimes I just like it's just the eye roll, and I don't know what to say. Um, yeah. yeah, sometimes I come off as a really rude person because, like, well, I don't. First of all, I don't understand old Punjabi, but when they speak to me in English and ask these kind of questions, like, once I was asked what caste or taste my husband is, I was like, what does that even mean? Tell me, like, why do you ask me these questions? And the answer is, oh my God, I just really that's not a proper question to ask. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I I agree. Like I agree. For example, I have noticed that um, with, around my Punjabi family, like people don't say things straight to you. They just go around all the way to get to one point. And I'm just up to you. No, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, on, I, I mean, from my perspective, like I get, you know, as men, we we get these type of questions too, and. I feel like, but we get them in a different way, right, Priya? Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm gonna ask you, like, so basically, like, my my point here is that, yeah, like, j- just to kind of play devil's advocate or just kind of give a different perspective, most people don't have bad intentions when they, they ask these questions. It's just unfortunately they don't know how to ask or have the correct tone. And most, it's not like you know anyone asking like it's rude. I think the person makes a difference who's asking. And what their intention is by about the question i just wanted to clarify like in, in my opinion like not everyone has bad intention but majority of the time it's just like you know they're trying to compare your life or they're trying to trying to find ways to judge you um or, or create a picture in their head or you know build an assumption around who, of who you are most of the time they ask for that reason but there are people that are genuinely actually care um 
and but you obviously know these people, and it's, it's different. But yeah, Brumbin, what were you saying? I, I I was just saying, it's just like I understand what what you're trying to say, but I agree with Mithab, um, where it's just like it's across the boundaries because is I, I get we're a very tight knit community, and it's just like we have that loving ability in the Punjabi community that, that we're all hospitable to each other and want to know everything about each other and all that good stuff. But th there's points that are crossed, right? Like, I, I, as a male, uh, when you go to the Gurdwara, I think, like, the weirdest thing is, like, when auntie are looking at you and they have their gaze going and they're, like, trying to set up your daughters with them and you're like, I could care less, right? Like, this is not what I'm here to mingle about at the Gurdwara. This is the last thing I'm here. <laughs> it's not for. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but the, but the oh, point is, I think it's just like... The expectations of the question are so different for men and women. Like, like the expectations of the question, right? Like, people ask you this question because they're expecting you to do something or to answer to something. Yeah. So it's really interesting, like, how it differs from a, a question that asks you guys and the question they ask us, like, women. Yeah, it's also, uh, we're not privy to a lot of the conversations uh, women have, right? Like, a lot of the abuse and all that stuff that happens the conversations happen between women. None of the males, no, unless you get involved and you are a person that someone trusts and leans into you and tells you about this information and holds you privy to that information. Most of men in the Punjabi community, especially like my dad's generation and all that, are not privy to any of this information, right? So it always comes to a surprise for them, but it, that's very the stories are so recurring. And I think the biggest thing is how men handle the issue, too. I think there's a lot of aggression attached to it. Like, aggression is there, right? Uh, initially, when we started Core Voices, there was a lot of aggression attached to my involvement, too. But you have to tone it down and reach root causes, too, to address issues, right? You have to be sane in, in your approach. I think entitlement is huge in the Punjabi community. And, and the ability to intimidate other people. So I totally understand what you're saying. You know, that that somebody feels entitled to say something to you no matter what, even if they might feel like it's well-intended. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And yeah. what Brumbin brought up, that's an interesting point where men aren't privy. He's right. And I, I mean, the only reason I knew that or I, I was able to relate to what he just said was we. I recently read um, Valerie Kaur's book. Um, and in there, she talks about how her mother and you know all these women would get together and just kind of talk about the crap that they're going through, you know, the abuse that they've been through or they've gone through as like a support group. Um, but the men would never know uh, because it wasn't allowed to be talked about. And I didn't realize that that actually existed. You know, um, being a man, I had no clue. And that's, that's so unfortunate that does exist. Um, but th th that just sparked my, you know, when from just to, add, just to add another thing, um, uh, not just the privy, but is when such abuses happen or in, in our communities or such serious serious situations arise, uh, our resolvement, our de facto adjudication within our families. Mm. I, I think we don't even discuss it with the abuser or try to confront the abuser. Right. I think it's just like we handle it internally. Mm -hmm. And usually it's just not even like the entire family is like the adults in the household and the kids are just like somewhere else and they don't hear about it until they're like uh, 20 in their late twenties. And they're like, Oh, remember what happened like 10 years ago? And, and you're like, okay, but maybe it was a great teaching lesson for me at that age to know what, 
boundaries I should be setting within my community and stuff like that. So I think it's uh, the resolvement of issues is also a thing in the, in the community. Like I love the Punjabi community, but there's also inherent flaws within the community too. Hmm. And oh, just to build on, build on what he said, going back to Gridarshan's case, you know, like the adults talked about it when I was a child when this, I wasn't even born when this happened. So, but I grew up in that community, learned Kirtan from him and in very close proximity to him. But no came and asked me and asked, hey, do you feel safe around this person? You know, you know, has this, has anything ever happened to you? Where I was surrounded by people who knew what happened. I didn't even learn about this case until the early, you know, or late uh, 2010s. So I had I had no idea. And that's where that comes in, where that power is not given equally in when we go and try to resolve these problems within family systems. You know, it's the adults take care of it and then you never hear from it again. But giving children power in this type of situation will actually help them understand and grow better and not to perpetuate that cycle when they're older. You know, ask, also, yeah, go ahead. It's also sometimes the situations are so serious that we law enforcement needs to be involved. Yeah, but they don't get involved. A lot of cases go unreported and underreported in Punjabi uh, community is because um, we don't want to get anyone else in our household involved that could help better the situation. We deal with it internally. It's such a huge issue. If you look at any victimization survey, the Punjabi community is the lowest reporting community for domestic violence. Right. The reason being is because we want to handle it internally. And some situations are so serious that the victims end up being abused to death, which is yeah. a ridiculous thing to talk about, but it does exist because they haven't been given the exit opportunities. I, I agree with you. And I mean, this is something that I grew up with, um, this whole culture of silence. And it's it's really important for us to understand, especially in our space of this movement of core voices that were creating um, is why is that the case? Because if we can't understand um, why we stand in this position, we won't be able to remedy the problem. Um, we'll just continuously be treating the symptoms, which is working with victims. And that's not where we want to be. That's not what we've talked about and that we want to give back to the Sangat and to the community. Um, daughters and the females in the household are basically treated um, as the the bear, like I don't know the torch bearers of honor of the family, right? We we are what honor represents, and therefore, if something happens to us, our family is dishonored. Our, um, you know, if I've got siblings who are girls, they'll be unmarriable. I will be unmarriable. This is where we come from. Remember, in India, you know, people would people would lose their lives if you have messed with somebody's daughter. You know. It was and if your if your daughter is the daughter of the village, it means everybody's responsible to protect her honor, and anybody looking at her in an untoward manner would result in huge con conflict, huge conflict. Now, they've continued those values, and there's there's good behind them too. When I was younger, I was. So I felt disadvantaged because my dad would, he was overprotective and um, I wasn't allowed to go to school trips. I wasn't allowed to go and stay at my cousin's houses unsupervised without my brothers. I couldn't speak to boys. 
at all, full stop. Um, and it was a very um, protected childhood from my father's perspective because he thought he was doing the right thing with raising a young Punjabi girl in a foreign country without knowing the ways of the people. He did the best that he could do. Um, but what he wasn't aware of was that predators lurk in close proximity. Yeah. And yes, it exists within our Gurdwara, it exists within our social circles, mm -hmm. our friends and our families as well. And this is a very deep-rooted problem in the whole of the South Asian community, but it is prominent in the Punjabi and the Sikh spaces, and that's what Core Voices is here to address. Um, we have to fix our home first. We have to fix our community first before we can reach out and show up for other people. And um, I, I understood in my younger years that if something happens to me, I can't tell anybody. Because if I tell somebody, then it means I'm never going to get married. And at that point, my conditioning was that you get educated, right? If you're lucky, you get to university or you'll get married. You have kids and you live happily ever after. Hasn't happened for anybody that I know yet. Um, and that works that way because we force it to happen. There is no emotional support, no social training for these situations. What about, what about when it goes wrong? Divorce is a taboo. I'm divorced, very happily divorced. Best thing I could ever have done. But me saying that to my community is raising eyebrows. Like, who's going to get married to you now? Did I get divorce? Or I get the pity eyes. Yeah. Oh, you know, it must have been your fault kind of thing. But it's when we have divorce issues, a guy can go and get married the next day. But a woman is shelved. And this shows how disproportionately we look at things, how women are treated incredibly differently to men. A boy, a young man can have relationships and sleep around before marriage. If it is found that a female has used a tampon, right? Just a tampon, nothing else, just to deal with her menstruation, that is enough to say, no, she's not a good girl. We're not going to get her married. We're not going to get our son married into that family. This must sound ridiculous to your ears. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to my ears as I'm saying it, but breathe and brumbin. I don't know how you guys feel hearing this because you sit in a male body. Your experiences have been different. And just hearing this much, I, I'm curious to know I, what you feel. I think the biggest thing is um, it doesn't sound weird to me because I've heard it from a lot of female friends of mine like same same issues same reoccurring issues about the biological clock ticking and constantly getting pressure from your parents get married get married get married it's like drilled into uh, uh the conditioning of a person from the point they're born to the point they get married and have kids um so there's like check marks your parents have set for you that you have to accomplish but i think the biggest thing is it's education um i grew up in a household where, where it's very liberal and i've been very fortunate enough that my parents have been very open with me and like we've talked about stuff like this right we've talked about periods we've talked about tampons openly right so it's, but 
this does not exist in the Punjabi community, right? Like not every parent talks about this and education does play a role, right? Um, my dad holds two degrees, my mom holds two degrees. So the level of education completely changes, right? Um, I'm seeking a second degree now, right? So it, that whole level of education within my household created this liberal environment, right? So education does play a big factor, but I just wanted to go back to a point you were talking about is uh, like all these confinements that Punjabi parents put on their daughters and uh, all that stuff. It also strips them from agency and independence. So what I'm trying to say is um, their financial agency, uh, meaning that uh, controlling their finances and having independence over finances and they're just sole independent. So those two things are big in domestic abuse situations or any kind of abuse situation is they don't have the independence to leave, nor do they have the financial backing to look for something else. So they get stuck in a situation. This is why divorce was created, right? And I think every election cycle, the conservatives, the conservatives always talk about lower access to divorce. It's always a subliminal thing, but divorce is actually a saving grace for many women. And I think the Punjabi community refuses to realize that that divorce actually has saved so many people's lives, right? So yeah. it, I think the biggest thing is, it's not just about, yeah, there's all these problems, but I think it starts with education at home, right? I, I've been fortunate enough to have very well-educated parents that made a very liberal household, but it's also like we as children have the responsibility in our households to engage our parents in that dialogue and conversation and open their minds to different situations because it doesn't matter if you go to university or not to have this basic understanding right but there has to be a willingness from the young people to want to be educated about this and um so i grew up in a household with predominantly men i had three brothers and my dad is just me and my mom in the female party and my mom came from the bend in punjab so you know she wasn't you know, educated about the ways of the West. And um, yeah. I'm born and raised in England, but I was raised like I lived in the Pind in Punjab. And um, that had a huge impact on how I was able to address these things and how I processed them. So I felt shame when I had been abused. I didn't know I was abused. Um, and my first incident was when I was a child. Um, and it was within people who were, were, were within the inner circle, right? Um, I've had uh, encounters through relatives. So um, I'm, I'm going to call it out. I've never said it before, but here we go. Um, my first trip to India was when I was 16. And my parents sent me alone with my friend's family. And I'm living with my nanke out there and very large extended family. And one evening, staying at my Masi's house, my Masir, after he was drunk, decided he was going to touch me up. And my response to that was elbowing him in his stomach, push, punching him in his face and pushing him on the floor. And he's screaming. And my Masi comes out and she said, what happened? And I told her what happened. Um, and she took me away. And she, like, she was like, oh, just come over here. He's drunk and this and that. I was fuming I was like 16 years old um that wasn't my first incident as I said it was it was normal to know that this is what men do and this is how they behave I was just horrified at the fact that somebody I call uncle that is my mom my mom's real sister's husband right um 
would try this. And um, when I asked them, has this ever happened before? It was like, this is what men do. I was like, why the F did you let me sit next to him then? Why did you say we to eat bed ke roti khala? Je tonu pata hai ki odi ki aadat hai kiddan da hai tada aadmi. Why did you say to me? Where's your daughter? Onnu bithaunde ta kol. Mainu ko bithaya. And it was That's the example. It is the example, but this is what I'm saying. The fear for me was that he has a daughter. He has a daughter in his household and has she had that experience through talking to my other uh cousin sisters my other masian who lived there they were like yeah we don't go near him we don't give him hugs i was so oh my god i was angry at them i was like why did you not tell me why did you guys i was staying at your house a few days before why did you let me go and stay there if you knew that that's what he's like he literally touched up all of my cousin sisters i spoke to my nanni i was like tanu pata kyo iddan da ya amma nanni was like ki kar sakde ha prona ya hana I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding wow. me? Just because he's your son-in-law, it's it's okay. Anna? I that was the last time I stayed there. I've never stayed at my nanke again after that. I'll go and visit them, do daytime visits, that's it. But I won't stay there because I don't trust them. There've been other incidents where again in India as well, but there's, you know, many outside of where I um we were traveling to Hajur Sahib and some guy on the train touch me and i turned around and i swore at him and my mama who was with me my mom's brother yeah was with me and he said why did you swear at him ki hoya and i was like onne mainu chhedya hana and he was like chal 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 agge chal i was like aren't you going to do anything aren't you going to go say anything to that guy and my mama was like no 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 let's just go let's let's not cause a scene oh my god i was just i i couldn't believe that this was the attitude and it's 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 just disgusting to know that this is this women are overly sexualized and like you said it's what happens in the mind when they're fantasizing these men um because we haven't been adequately edu educated about sex we think that it's we can just take it or men think that they can just take it and that's where the problem comes from that's what the the root cause is i'm not saying all men are like this mm -hmm. but the majority they they fall into that category and i'm sorry but i was like very very angry i just needed to get that out there so well, i'm glad you shared <laughs> yeah yeah i'm glad you shared that and, and uh, that touches through we are not teaching our people about sexuality in a matter of like how your body works and like how people relate to each other but we're not teaching them like what is abuse what is actually as meta when you say like a crossing of our of boundaries um, how do you answer when someone inappropriately touched you or say something to you or whatever? Like people don't know. Like I, I bet I can ask one of my niece or nephew if somebody touched you here. Um, do you know that they said you? Do you know? And they will probably wouldn't answer me yes or no. We don't know. So I think that's important. We need to we need to uh, educate on what sexual harassment is, what rape is, all of this. Because if we keep it quiet, as we have been doing so far, it's gonna keep happening. Because the person that doesn't doesn't know, and the person who received the abuse also doesn't know. Mm. Yeah, Brumbin. 
Um, I just wanted to say, like, all the examples you shared, it goes back to the point I was raising, is stripping you of your independence and your agency, right? The, the adults in your household telling you, that's just how they are. That's what it is. Um, it's stripping you of your agency and your independence because they're molding you into that person. It's like, it's just what it is to stay silent forever. So it, it's good that you're cognizant about it and you can talk about it now. And you've had the ability to go through this and openly share it. But most people don't get these opportunities. And Absolutely. that's what we need to discuss. Uh, that's what we need to further. Yeah, exactly. And the reason that I brought these examples up, sorry to cut you off, Breed, is because um, I think that firstly, we haven't talked about this in our community, but we are very ignorant as to where it happens. You know, some people think, oh, it only happens with a stranger coming to abuse you or to touch you, right? Um, it can happen when you're in employment, in workspaces. It can happen in school. It can happen within your family. And there are cases, it's suggesting, right, who has been exposed. He's a, a sexual predator um, who is a religious preacher as well. Um, and I believe, I, I don't know the full story, but Breathe, I'll let you share a little bit about that in a second. But it happens in our gurdwara. It happens in our families. It happens in every space. Um I used to love martial arts when I was younger. It was my outlet to deal with my trauma and my pain. Um, from Gatka to other types of martial arts, the reason that I learned different types of martial arts, because I kept having to change my teacher. Um, I kept having to change my teacher because there would always come a point where that teacher would cross a line. And I wasn't willing to partake in that sort of activity. I wasn't willing to allow myself to be exposed to other types of abuse which was essentially what I would have ended up doing if I'd have stayed in that space um so people in positions of power will always try to abuse it in one way or another so that they can you know take it and it, there's, a, there's a type of grooming that's in that process they want to win your trust they want to make sure that it's safe that you're not going to tell anybody and that their secret or this dirty little secret or whatever it is for them um, will remain a secret. Um, it shouldn't happen full stop. Where it happens is everywhere. Who can it happen to is anybody. And our role here that, you know, we stepped forward, us guys, to say, no, enough is enough. It is time to call a spade a spade and in six spaces, in our families, and in our gurdwari. This shit is not acceptable, and we will not tolerate this. That is what Core Voices is about. That is why we are here now. And I want to ask you guys that what is it for each of you that Core Voices is going to give to the community? Gurchanan, you go first. Well, I think Four Voices is going to be that reference point when you are seeking one help. You know that you're going to find the resources that are going to help you out. You're going to find a place where you can express yourself without any judgment, without any um, negative consequence of you saying your story or you're just expressing yourself. And I think it's also going to be a place where we can create change for our and future generations within our fanfic spaces. 
because mm. I believe this is our also our mission as Sikhs. In Guru's time, Guru has teach us, and Guru's Darbar was sacred, was perfect, because they were having the most highest morals, and they lived through that. And everybody was held accountable if something bad happened. And story and it does tell us these things. When they get lost, I don't know. But now is the time, and now is the moment that we can act on as a Sangat. And I believe this is what this space is bringing to the whole community. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Great. I uh, just want to mirror off what Gujan said, copy and paste, literally, uh, beautifully said. I think that's literally it. Um, you know, we want to give voices to those that are in these, that's got like from our discussion today, everyone has some sort of connection, um, either personally or someone in their family. Uh, is so rampant within our community and core voices like you know I think why we're here is to help allow those those victims to have a voice and bring it forward because it, it is liberating it is it really does help for the with it for the healing process like you, you have to bring it forward to allow yourself to heal otherwise it continues to sit inside and fester um and I, I mean like Gurjana said you know we want to be a um a teaching point as well. I think we need to help shape the community uh, and kind of create good practices and, and shape and form how to how it should look, basically. And you know, work with gurdwaras, work with organizations similar to ours, and 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 actually create a a big community change. Not just you know, like we within Sikh communities and South Asian communities, we tend to just do like our own little thing because we don't agree with this other group or we don't agree with that group. But this is this is such a, a vast issue that you know we, we want to work with other organizations. We want to work with other people in the field to actually bring change and um, really change the entire system. It's 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 been over a hundred years since you know our gurdwaras have been reformed. I think it's time to bring this change in now uh, because times have changed. You know, there's a new order, and I think it's important to to build that. And I think core voices will give people voices. Um, because that's the first thing. If we start hearing everyone else, if everyone's like, oh, wow, you went through the same thing, I went through the same thing, and everyone starts speaking up, we'll realize that it's, it's, a, it's a very wide issue, and we'll have the power to then actually come together and make a change. But right now, the change isn't happening because everyone's denying it, or the victims and the people that are seeing it don't have that support. They don't feel the support. And I, I want everyone to know that you're supported. So if you do feel, you know, you want to share and you feel like you have something to get off your chest, you know, reach out to us. This is why we're here. We want to we wanna build this this platform to give you a voice. So, you know, you're not alone. N no one's alone. You know, we all have connections with this. And we want to bring a change so that, you know, future generations don't have to do this. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Metab. Sure. Um, I think they, uh, Breathe and Benji summed it up really well. And the only other thing that I can think of is, you know, Gore Voices will not only be this non-judgmental space for victims, um, but also an educational tool where we normalize and destigmatize. We normalize what's healthy, you know, and we destigmatize what's really, truly wrong um, to think. And so I think 
Girl Voices will be that guiding light for people um, to come forward and not only share, but also what can they take away from this space and how can they apply that in their own lives. So I, the way I see it is like, it's kind of like a torch. So Girl Voices is that torch that's kind of guiding people towards a better, more holistic way of living and honoring their trauma, not just like suppressing it every single day, walking it proudly, wearing it as a badge, you know, that they truly honor every single day. I think that's what God Voices is meant to be. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Brambin. Um, I think early on in this conversation, we began by evolution, where things evolve over generations and we are seeing an evolutionary change in thinking patterns and how our community reacts to situations and other communities as well. Um, I think we brought a lot of insight into the Punjabi community and aired our grievances about the Punjabi community today, but it's beyond that. I think for me, Core Voices is the biggest thing, it, as I said in the starting, is offering that space for individuals. I think a lot of people, get casted into a void where they don't have the opportunity to speak out. They don't have the opportunity to let themselves be heard by anyone. I think there are a lot of loud members in the community, in different communities that always get the last word and um, a lot of people get shushed and silenced to the side. So I think that's my main purpose with Core Voices and being involved with this team and working with everyone every single day is the conception that they're us being cognizant that those people who don't have a voice have a story and that story needs to be shared with everyone and that story needs to come out and it needs to be heard regardless of if you doubt it or don't doubt it that story has a purpose and it has a personal truth attached to it and that's i think that's why i'm with core voices and all you guys constantly oh we love you brumpin thank you so, okay, I put this to, to anybody who wants to answer and to share this. Um, what work is Core Voices doing in the community to make a difference? I think Preet should take the lead on this. Just, <laughs> just pushing him down the rabbit hole here, but I think he should take the lead on this. <laughs> so currently we're working on multiple projects. Um, one is, you know, we're coming from different angles. One, we want to work with gurdwaras and, and you know community members to to build a a um, a system that we can all use as a community um, to to kind of safeguard uh, these these places that should be safe, right? So build policies um, and and build build a some sort of like a manifesto that you know basically we all have we follow off of, right? So how Gurdwara should conduct um, background checks. Every every person that has to deal with Sangat, um, you know, teaching kids at camps or whatever, whoever gets to, whoever mm -hmm. wants to volunteer should mm -hmm. go through um, background checks and things like that. So this is one thing we're working on right now, currently uh, a project on this. Uh, we also, you know, one is this core voices where Josephia Benji is graciously enough, you know, to to take lead on this and she's she's killing it right um getting to talk and and giving people the space to speak uh, and share their stories and and educate as well you know benji's given the space to so many different types of people on the show you know from mental health workers to 
to victims themselves uh, and to other other organizations that are you know doing similar work to ours, and that's very important, right? We we need to we need to have more people. So if if you want to be on the show and you know people that will benefit, right, uh, the cause and will help raise more awareness or bring change, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. I think it's it's very important to work as a community. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's going to be like any other cause. You know, any any other you know Punjabi organization is just we just toot each other's horns and and that's it. But that's not what we, we, we want to change that. We want to change that process. Um, so core voice is not like that. We want to work to actually bring change. Um, we're not just talk. And um, we're working on other few projects as well. We, you know, we want to, our long-term goals are to, to, um, you know, offer guidance and consultation to victims. Um, we have, we have to work around, you know, some things around that, but we want to give that space, not only to, to bring voices out, you know, to allow you to speak, uh, but also to help you, you know, understand what you went through as a victim, and and work with those emotions because it's it, it is a very scarring thing to go through, right? Which which definitely leaves many many wounds within you, and if you don't work through it, if you don't have guidance on how to actually heal those wounds, because for years and years, they continue to just fester and they continue to get, uh, you know, like filled with pus, emotional pus. Um, sorry, I use these worst, the worst terms. Um, but it's, it's very graphic <laughs> and gross, but yeah. That's what it is, right? Because, I mean, people should know that, that it's it's not, it doesn't just, you don't just forget about it, right? It, it's, it's a wound that can't be seen by people, but it's felt by the person and it's painful and it's not, it's not easy to endure. And, you know, we want to give that space to them, too, that, you know, hey, look, thanks for coming forward. You know, your voice is heard and we respect that. And we want we you know, we're here to support you. But, hey, let, let's also work together to help heal you as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Because sharing is one thing, but healing from that is another. And another thing down the road, um, I know. Uh, sorry, Gujan, I know you have to leave. Uh, but another thing down the road is that we not only do we want to work with victims and, and help with their mental state through sick music and through other other um, avenues, but we also want to give that that support and that that um that platform for those predators, those abusers that have not all. I mean, obviously, some will be in prison, but those that have come out or those that um, want to learn to amend, because humans are we're all human beings. And unfortunately, those that, you know, become the abuser regret it. Most of them do. And and they, they don't they don't realize in that situation what they're doing until afterwards. And we want to have that type of space that, you know, we want to we want to be able to work with them and to give them a chance to to work because it's a mental issue. No matter what it is, it's a mental health issue. And we want to have that space for them to and give that opportunity. And these are some of the products projects we're working on. Um, and you know, if you want to help us, and if you want to give us support, and you have ideas and suggestions, and whatever, however you want to help, you know, you can donate to us. You can um, give us your ideas. You can, you know, if you want to join the team, you always have the option to do that. Um, because again, you know, we're we're an organization of action. Action. We we we're not just talk, and we we really want to bring change because it's very much needed. And every day we wait, every day that we stay back, 
you know, people like Gurdarshan and, you know, these abusers continue to be in these safe spaces. And, you know, our, our brothers and sisters and children are at risk. And I think it's very important that we bring this change now because it's not, it's, it's a community issue. It's, it's an issue that's like literally in the, in the, in the layers of our community and we need to start picking at it now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That's incredible stuff and exciting to bring into the community because this has never been done before. And it's, it's wonderful to be a part of a Sangat and a movement that is actually driven to make change, sustainable change. Um, Brambind, is there anything you want to add? I, I think, I think Preet said it the best. It's, um, Gurdashan is just one of the cases. I think there's so many unnamed individuals that we don't even talk about or we know about. Um, and I think pe people in position uh, that exercise power over people need to be held accountable. And the power just does not mean in institutions. Power comes from a relationship between you and your uncles, right? Um, you as a younger person, and your uncle being your uncle can exercise power over you. And in most situations, an abuser is um, exercising power over you. And um, I forget what, there's a couple of terms, maybe Matab remembers these terms, um, but yeah, just not to go on big tangent, but my whole point is that I think we have a lot of work ahead of us and we need all the support we can uh, get and whatever, support the viewers are willing to offer us and however they want to be involved but i think we have huge steps to take forward and just starting a conversation is the first step and i think we're doing that today yes and thank you now thank you i, I want to say something too. i want to um ask you benji you know uh the same question you asked us right how is core voices here and like you know how, how do you how do you see it growing and where do you want it to go? Well, um, I wish it didn't have to exist. Um, but we know that we need something because there's nothing. Um, people are coming up to do work, but the work that they're doing is treating the symptoms and not the cause, the, the, the main problem. And um, I'm grateful for the level of expertise that we each bring to this space. Um, we've all got our own level of skills that we can contribute into this space that allow us to actually show up more um, in a more powerful way for people who need that support. What you were talking about, the journey of a victim to a survivor is a very important process that hasn't happened in our spaces in any regard. Our community has been through a lot of trauma, right? Um, but if we're just zooming into one area and we're looking at sexual violence, um, it's existed for a long period of time. We were not allowed to talk about it. So we're finally in a space where we can talk about it. We've ticked that box. We have to be able to move to the next steps. And healing is a huge part of that. So I want, I guess, the vision, and it's not an I, it's a, it's just that, you know, in this space, what, what do we want to do? How do we want to create it together is, to be able to have community and support and healing as well. So we want to raise awareness. We want to educate people, young men, young women, mm -hmm. older, men, older women, 
everybody, like um, the people who run our gordore, the people who exist in our families and in our social circles. Right. How do we deal with these issues? How can we have emotional sensitivity? How do we listen? Because mm. we don't know how to listen. If somebody comes to talk to us, what we do is instead of being emotionally sensitive and being gentle, knowing that that person's sharing something really traumatic with you, we go very coarse and very, very um, abrasive in our responses. And it's like, oh, did that really happen to you? What did he do? What were you wearing? Where were you? And this person is emotionally sharing something so difficult and your questions are so insensitive. You are adding to their trauma just through that lack of emotional sensitivity. I've been there where I needed, I needed to talk and I didn't know who to talk to. So I leaned to a friend, a friend, but it wasn't my friend's fault, right? Because we don't have the education. But even if we operate from a place of compassion, we could still try to show up in a way that we would want someone to listen to us. You know, treat others how you want to be treated yourself. We're ta taught that as kids. Um, to have those sorts of trainings and that sort of information available out there to make our Gurdwari safe again, this is important. This is imperative, in fact, because if our homes are not safe and our community spaces are not safe, where are we supposed to go, mm. right? Out there when we go into the world, we're the victims of racism and hate crimes. So no place is safe. That is a very dark and gloomy world. I don't want to live in that world. I don't choose to believe in that world either. I choose to believe in the world that Guru has given to us, which requires courage and love and hope and the strength to get up and do something, to do the right thing. And this is what we're trying to do here, is to, to say to our younger brothers and sisters that you have to become the one that you're waiting for. You have to be able to stand up and step forward into that front line because this is our call to action. This is our moment to rise and say, no, it's okay that our parents didn't know. It's okay that the people before us couldn't do it. But now we have to do this because if we don't, we will, we will die a death while we live knowing that this exists and this happened on our watch. I can't live with that. I can't live with that. And that was what pushed me into this space that I will expose myself. I will say that I am a victim of sexual abuse and sexual violence from my childhood through my adult years. And that happened to me in six spaces. That happened to me in Punjabi community and family spaces. And I, I don't feel tainted. I don't feel shame. And I don't want anybody else out there to feel shame, my brothers or my sisters who may have been made victims of these atrocious crimes. We didn't have the support, but we are creating the support. And this is all for you, for everybody who is tuning in and listening. Share this with the people that need it and know that this community is there for you and we will continue to show up for you. We will do the best that we can to create the world that we all would want to live in. And that starts at home, that starts with our Gurdwari, that starts with our community, that starts with our families. So reach out to us and support us. Lean in and become part of the community. Do whatever you can do to help make this space safer, make Gurdwari safe. That is going to be a huge, a huge part of the work that we do at Core Voices. 
Um, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this and it's just all coming out right now. This isn't how I host my shows, but this isn't a show for me right now. This is about helping everybody out there to know why this space was born yep. and to stop those things happening, showing up and supporting each other and building better systems. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like for you guys to share a little about this survey that we need the community to support us on. I haven't mentioned it yet, but I want you guys to talk about it. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll talk about it. Unless Brandon or Metab. No. Okay. I think you're the best to talk about it. <laughs> um, let me serve away. <laughs> this guy. Oh, sorry, I, I had to always for the dad joke. Um, yeah, no. It's just my signature. Sorry, um, <laughs> you lost all your viewers at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just dropped right now. Just... So, um, you. Sorry, you, got, you know, I got to balance After it up. My beautiful, passionate speech. <laughs> <laughs> <My joke. laughs> um, so the survey, uh, you know, something we're going to be, it's a campaign that we're going to be working towards uh, starting, you know, as soon as possible. We, we've created a survey to, it's anonymous, number one thing. So, you know, your voice will be heard, but we won't know who you are, unless you want us to know, obviously, but it's completely anonymous. And the purpose of the survey is to really understand the depth of uh, where, where this, you know, how you've been affected, you know, in your community, the depth of how far this has gone. So we really wanna hear your voice and um, and kind of hear from you uh, and kind of build build some sort of statistics uh, statistics on this, you know, so we can analyze this data uh, that we're collecting. And um, see what I know you have to go. Um, so the survey is for this reason is to collect data on our community. So the more people you can spread the survey to, uh, the better, because it, number one, it's anonymous. And we want to get we want to build this data and understand how our community has experienced these types of abuses and other things that you'll see in the survey. And it'll help us kind of understand where we are currently. And then from that, we can build forward. We can find solutions. We can work with other organizations and um, community members and gurdwaras um, to, to build that change. But the survey is very important because what it will do is it will allow us to understand how deep it goes. Like, you know, when, when we go to a doctor, you know, the doctor can't really help you until he diagnoses your entire body, right? He, 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 you know, sorry, he analyzes everything, goes through the problems, and then he kind of can pinpoint where to start from, right? And it's the same thing here, you know, our community is sick. It, it has issues, um, but we can't just poke, you know, needles at it um, or like, you know, get a knife and start chopping things up. We have to first figure out where these issues are. So the survey is going to serve that purpose. It's going to give us the data that we need to really study and to understand where our community is at the moment and then build off of that. And um, you'll see it on our social media. You'll see it uh, the link everywhere. So please go and take the survey and then also share it with as many people. They don't, I mean, I don't, Benji, I don't know. They don't have to be within the Sikh community. It can be South Asian community as well. Um, but please do share it as much as you can because the more information we get in, the better we'll know how deep this goes and the more it will equip us to fight this disease. Mm. Yes, yes. And um, 
the the survey is currently designed to to gather the statistics in the Punjabi and the Sikh community. Um, when we reach out more into the South Asian community, we will be doing that work as well. But we have to first gauge how large a problem it is in our own home. Um, it, this work has never been done before. So this will be the first time in our history that anybody is trying to gather this information. Um, and we really, really need your support because if we, if we can all lean in and give that support, fill the survey, whether you have been through abuse or not, please still complete the survey. It, it makes a difference. It helps us to understand what we're working with and what work we need to do. Um, Brambin, what are your closing remarks on that question? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like Indian why. Circle, but on a, on a, um... yeah. on a talk show. And I don't know why I keep getting the last word, but um, I, I, that's why. I don't feel like I have a lot of important things to say on most days. Uh, but Believe again, uh, if you have the opportunity, please fill out the survey. It'll be a good a way for us to have a better outlook of situations that are happening within our community. We know the issues are prevalent. We just don't have the data to support it sometimes. And uh, a lot of this data collection does not happen through regular systems statistical manners through victimization surveys or regular census data because the Punjabi community is the most uh, uh, least reported community uh, in such situations. So it will be really beneficial if we could have some data and we can utilize it to better help our community and actually have better conversations about these types of issues and have direct causes to such issues too. So I think this is the biggest reason you should do the survey and yeah, that's and, basically and, it. And it's anonymous. That's the biggest thing. That's what I wanted to point out. Yeah. That no matter who you are, you're you're not going to be unknown. So please don't be afraid. Yes, thank you. And I love that um, our show has gone as long as it has, um, because we've talked about so many important things. I'm going to steal a little bit more of your time. I know that Gurjan and Metab had to leave because we said an hour. <laughs> then there were three at the end. <laughs> Last man standing or last woman standing? <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I'll be heading off in a minute. I'll leave you two guys here. <laughs> I was. I want to ask you guys something. Um, and this is an important one for me because you both matter a lot to me. You both have a really special place in my heart, my brothers that I love. We're connected through Sikh music and through our spirituality of Sikhi. Um, you both know about my most recent incident, which was the reason that we actually, we created this space of core voices, right? Catalyst, yeah. Yes, that was the catalyst. There mm -hmm. was um, an incident that happened a few years ago um, with myself, of course, and um, I shared it with both of you. And I'd like you, if you don't mind, to just share with everybody who's tuning in how that made you feel, because um, the kind of the irony of the situation is for some people, they think that I should be a man hater, um, but a lot of my support system is male. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's only men that abuse. There are incidents where women also abuse men as well. This does happen. Um, it's, it's in the minority when we're looking at the bigger scope of things, the ratio is you know different but 
the fact that my abuser was a male, but also my support system was male too. Most people don't get that. Most women turn to women. And um, I'd like to know, like, Breeth, you were there shortly after this had happened and you were the first person that I told, in fact, the only person in that moment and how that was for you and what it felt like and, you know, how it relates to this movement. And Brumbin, the same question to you when you find out how it made you feel and what about that brought you into this space of joining the movement? So, so we'll go to Brumbin first. Okay. I think... I think it was like something out of a movie when you told me because uh, it was really late at night and we were sitting at a dinner table. Just, I think it was just, I think it was t uh, us two and one more person was there. And um, usually, not, uh, I think it's how I met your mother. So, uh, I think Ted says nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was something like that for me. It was just, um we were just talking about a lot of things and then we started talking about the issues we basically talked about today too and then this came up and i think and this was not my first time hearing of it i i've been put into positions by a lot of female friends too who've told me about this so um I'm not the first time i've heard of it but it's also like you have have to catch myself and have to be cognizant of how i react to the situation because i think the first reaction for me always in any who's Anyone who's told me about their abuse or trauma is always met with aggression. So, and I don't think that's the right thing to deal with right right away. I think the aggression needs to be there, but it needs to be channel, channeled to do something more positive. Yeah. Um, so I think my initial reaction in that moment was, what do I do? Because enough is enough. Like, I'm tired of hearing these stories. And, and then I hear these stories and a lot of it is met without a backbone. Um, and no opportunity we just talk about it and then it's just like oh are you okay yeah i'm okay you got it off your chest and then we never deal talk about it ever again and i think you just hear over and over again that you get fed up of the situation and you just want to do something right so my my, my story so we we this is the craziest thing you know we were at an event um where we had just done kirtan and like it wasn't in a gurdwara, but it was in a, in a like a venue, um, and so there was a backstage, and I, like you know you, like looking back, there's always that regret, like not regret, but like what if, what if I just walked in like literally three minutes earlier, so we had just finished Keith and and Benji went to the back room to pack up the instruments for you know Benji's instrument, the rabab and the sranda of Vesiji, and um. So I was out there because, you know, people come up and start asking me questions. Um, usually I go back and help. And but this time around, I stood out. And I remember when I finally had the chance to go back, I'm walking to I go behind the curtains. And I, I'm going towards the door and I see Benji just in the in like in the state of shock, almost like just by the door, like. Like, in you know, I, I've known Benji for years and years, so I knew something was off the moment I saw her face and I'm like, what's wrong like everything okay and and benji was like like you know like she was in a state of shock literally and um and i remember in that moment like i you know like you get that gut feeling and then you you, you feel like you know um like your stomach sinks your heart sinks into your stomach so i felt that at that moment before she even told me and then she told me she's like but before you do before i tell you this you have to promise me that you won't react 
in in any any other way just i want you to just hear it and don't react please yeah i just need this at the moment um and so then she told me that you know this dude uh do you mind share you should i share the details i should stay the keep the details up so this dude just you know did something took advantage of the situation and at that moment like you know as as a male right the first instinct the instinct you have especially when the perpetrator is still there that you know whatever the abuser is <laughs> uh you know it's it's you want it you want to kick their ass uh to a whole different level right you want to um get violent real quick because that's what you know and and that's what he deserved at the moment too but you know benji said just please don't do that because the situation we were in unfortunately you know we had to at that time like it was just it just wasn't the time because whatever it was but i i the only way i could convince myself and calm myself down was i had to play off of benji's emotions because i had to feel i had to kind of match at her um what she wanted at the moment because and this is i think very important to understand like this is where emotional intelligence is very needed in our community because any other guy would just invoke his ego right there and say no 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 sh step step back i'm gonna go kick his ass i'm sorry to use these words but you know but i had to put my ego down i had to respect benji's wishes and 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 but not, it's not like I didn't do anything about it. I gave her the support that she needed at that moment. And I was able to support her how she needed it, not how I thought it was right. Right. Because my male ego would have been like, no, no, no. Let me let me take care of this now. Right. But that's not what the situation required at that moment for that specific reason. What it required was what Benji needed. Right. And it's, it's very important for our community to understand that, too, like that. It's not violence is not always the answer. Right. Sometimes in those situations, you have to you have to know how to react. But, you know, if, if especially if the person who's just been abused says, you know, you have to understand, you have to come at their their wavelength. You can't just enforce yourself on them because that's literally just what happened to them. You have to allow them to take charge. You have to allow them to tell you how they want to be helped. And and these are these are very important issues. You know, um, this is this is why I always talk about emotional health, mental health. It's very important. We have to be aware of these things um and so long story short that's how i felt in that moment but you know afterwards like my mind was like man i wish i just had went in you know three four minutes earlier and this wouldn't have happened um but because it happened core voices was created so <laughs> thanks for that story because it happened that's the end um yeah, that was tough for me just now, even just to hear that and to go through it. And I'm not ready to share those details just yet. Um, again, it's not a shame. It's just a healing process that I'm still in. And I'm still in my journey of that. But um, what was really imperative for me in that moment, it would have been completely different and really affected my process of healing if you had have reacted with your own instinct and not had the capacity to listen to me and hear my my needs, um, what you did for me was incredible. Like I can now say that to you. You you gave me the support that I needed to let me feel strong enough to deal with it and find my way through it to know what I need to happen in terms of justice or whatever. Um, 
you're 100% right. Had you have acted in your own instinct, it would have just regurgitated the trauma in another way by another man enforcing their will on a situation that requires my voice, but I, I don't have a voice. Mm. Um, so okay. I'm deeply grateful for you to have shown up for me like that. It meant the world to me then and now. And I hope that from you sharing this, other men out there will take some something away from that and try to show up in that way. And, you know, Brumbin, you and Preet are both very similar in your personalities. I know how emotionally sensitive you are and you have the capacity to listen and to be compassionate. And these are the qualities that we need in all people, but especially in Punjabi and Sikh men. Um, we can only talk about the issue in our home at, at the moment. Once we have resolved it in our spaces, we can then talk about other communities. So yes, this problem exists everywhere. And I'm not saying that it doesn't exist in outside spaces, it does. But we have to look at ourselves right now. And as a community, I hold us all accountable. We have all had some sort of an incident or heard some sort of an incident has taken place. What have we done about it? And what are we willing to do about it? Breathe, what are your closing remarks? Um, just want to say this, that like everyone has a voice and we're here to provide that. We're here to provide that space for you. You're not alone. If you're watching this right now and, and, you, and you, you've experienced things and you've went through, you know, if you're a victim or you've seen someone go through this, you have a voice. You're not alone. We've all have some sort of connection with this and we need you to come out and we need you to at your own, you know, when do you feel comfortable, but we're here to support you. You're not alone is my main message that we want to give you your voice. You have your voice. You just got to speak up and we're here to support you and back you. And our, our main mission is to bring the community uh, and, and bring that change, where, where, you know, because that's what's needed. Um, but I just want to close with this, that you, you do have a voice. Please, please speak up. And we're here to support you. We're on your side. Completely. I, I, I agree. And I, honestly, I don't know why the last word keeps coming to me in these situations. But um, yeah. Uh, as I said before, everyone uh, with their personal truths needs to have a voice in every situation. And I think uh, what our society doesn't encapsulate is understanding that people need different um, areas to uh, have our space to have a voice. And I don't think everyone gets the opportunity to have such a space. Um, and I think this is why our primary focus, and I keep repeating space and being cognizant these two words a lot, and I am subconsciously keeping track of that too now. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but the reason is that I keep saying those words is if we don't be cognizant of giving people their space, I don't think we'll ever reach a point where people can actively deal with the trauma and start the healing process. So. Um, to echo exactly what Breed said, just in different words. Mm, thank you. Sorry, I just had a little coughing fit. <laughs> um, but thank you, guys. Thank you so much for 
for sharing that, for being open, and most importantly, for being role models for men in our community and helping to share with them how they can show up better in these spaces. Um, I appreciate both of you guys. I appreciate Metab, Gurichanan, and Harjab, all of you guys who are holding this space and helping to build this movement. And it's a call out to everybody who's a part of the Core Voices community. If you're tuning in, we need your support. We need your active support. We need you to get involved. And we are responsible to make our homes and our gurdwara safe. That is our collective responsibility. Please reach out and support us. You can email us info at corevoices.org. You can reach out to us on the website www.corevoices.org or through Instagram or Facebook. We are here to serve you and to show up for you. We need your support. When you see that link for the survey, please click the link, complete the survey, reach out to us and let's do this. Let's eliminate sexual violence in Sikh and Punjabi spaces. That is our goal and we need your support to do this. Pritinder and Brumbin, thank you guys for sticking it out till the end. The one hour turned into two hours, but I love you guys. You are yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think this is like, um, we're competing with Joe Rogan at the moment. <laughs> I, I was saying that to Pre earlier today too. I'm like, things just kind of run long with us. We might go to four hours or something. So <laughs> I love it. You know, this is like our sick yeah. needs this. We have Joe Rogan yeah. podcast, sick version. Oh, um, completely side note before you end this, uh, you said uh, me and Preet are very alike. I have a picture of me as a little kid and I saw a picture of Preet as a little kid. Exactly the same. You look exactly the same. For a second, I thought you were going to show them both. No, no, I don't have them right here. And yeah, he I'm never going to show them the both. Wallet. He just keeps a baby picture. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, like, I look exactly like this. Hey, look, of... is that your kid? No, is this, <laughs> is this some random dude's picture? That gives the, the best impression of us that we just carry baby pictures of each other in our wallet. <laughs> I wonder if I look like you guys in my baby pictures. I think you do. I think all Punjabi kids probably <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, in the next episode that we do, yeah. we'll share our baby pictures. Let's do it. Also, I just wanted to say um, shout out to Hajap again because I know he really wanted to make it, um, but poor kid is you know working hard in university, but he's done a lot for Core Voices as well. So I just wanted to give a special. Yes, uh, he, he would have been here if he could. Yes, he has. Hajap, we're sending you lots of love. Thank you for everything that you do. Shout out. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for joining us today and for holding this space. I'm excited for everything that we're going to be doing. And it's time for us to do this, right? Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Let's make it happen. Karen. Let's make it happen. And thank yeah. you for tuning in to Core Voices. We will see you again next week.